that I haven't been in this building or on this property, but it sure makes a difference when you're here and he's here. These boogers in here when y'all ain't here. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Uh, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning here, uh, there ain't nothing holy about this place. Say amen. But when you show up and he shows up, boy, it's a happening place. Amen. Luke chapter 10 in verse number 25. When you get there, say amen. amen. It says, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. And tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, on the outside, that looks harmless. On the outside, that looks like that was a legitimate question. But it wasn't. It was something to trap the Lord. It was something, this was somebody who knew the law, and they wanted to stay in the old Mosaic covenant, the old Mosaic law, and say, you had to live by that. But Jesus came with a new thing. And they were trying to trap him and trick him. And Jesus said, well, what's written in the law? Lawyer? Well, he didn't say that. But uh, I would have, amen. What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind. And, read it. And he answering him said, All right, thou answerest right, this do and thou shalt live. said, That's a good answer. Well, that wasn't enough because he knew he, he got pulled in. Now the lawyer's trying to justify himself. Now he's trying to say, Okay. But he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus, here's a major question, and who is my neighbor? If I'm supposed to love my neighbor, well, just who is my neighbor? Who am I, who am I held accountable for? Who am I responsible for loving? Who am I supposed to do this with? Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan. Understand the significance of that. Samaritans were hated by the Jews. Samaritans were a half-breed people, if you will. They were half Assyrian and half Jewish. When, when the, 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 the captivity took place, they began to intermarry and intermix, and they hated them. They were prejudiced to the point they hated them. They wouldn't spit on them if they were on fire. They wouldn't cross the same side of the street as a Samaritan. Was not even supposed to be in the same vicinity. Was not supposed to eat with one. They believed that Some of them believed that they didn't even have a soul. They believed God didn't even care anything about them. God didn't even love them. But Jesus said a Samaritan stopped. And it says this, as he journeyed, came... Now, how do you think it was that Jewish lawyers and Jewish religious people, the hierarchy in the Jewish religion, were sitting here hearing about two Jews not doing anything, and now this enemy is showing compassion? The Bible says, as he journeyed, came where he was. When he saw him, he had compassion on him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast. And he brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence, gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, take care of him. 
And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? The lawyer said, Who is my neighbor? But Jesus said, Who was a neighbor? It's been said this. A man went out to find a friend and couldn't find one. But then he went out to be a friend and found many. I'm going to preach this morning on the subject. A tale of two questions. A tale of two questions. There's two questions here that we need to answer. There was five questions, I think. I counted four or five in that particular uh, uh, place, in that particular chapter and statement. But there's two I want to focus on. Who is my neighbor and who was a neighbor? Church, say amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your mercy. Bless this word. In Jesus' name, help us today. Amen. Amen. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. It's a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood. It's a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Who was that? Uh-huh. Now, this question. <laughs> Miss Barry, you okay? All right. The question, won't you be my neighbor? See, all of you knew that. Now, he wasn't really uh, my definition of a manly mentor, I, I, you know, in, in my own definition, but you, people thought, a lot of things about him, but did you realize he was in the special forces? He was in special ops. He was like a man's man. He would kill you and make you like it. Say amen. So don't talk about Mr. Rogers, okay? Mr. Rogers cared about little people. And in his song, he wrote that song. And in that song, he's saying, won't you be my neighbor? Won't you be my neighbor? Uh, I was looking at that and I was seeing that. One of the things that we're doing right now, we're focusing on a transition. We're focusing on moving uh, 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 into doing things that God wants us to do. A disciple, we said that we are here to be disciples. Am I right about that? A disciple is one that does three things. Y'all tell me. Number one, a disciple, he loves God. Number two, a disciple, he loves others. Number three, a disciple, he serves both. Well, we've talked about loving God. We've talked about worship and genuine worship and, 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 and showing our admiration and our affection to Him. That's what we were just doing. We were singing about grace. We were singing about His life for mine. We were showing our affection and our appreciation for what He's done for us. All right? That's what we were doing. Well, we are encouraging on uh, September the 13th, we're going to be kicking off group link. Group Link is a program. Uh, it is a small group program that we are designing to help each other connect 
and love our neighbor. One of the biggest uh, problems, you might want to say, one of the biggest problems or, or hiccups there has been uh, that I have been told and, and has been back to me, even in my own mind to a certain extent, is what if I get in a group with people I don't like? How many of y'all have heard that? You're lying. You have heard it. Say amen. What if I get with people I don't know? What if I, uh, what if I get with a different crowd? Uh, what if I get with people that are different than me? Well, you've got to understand something. If our destination, if our destination is Christ-like, am I correct? Am I correct about that? Our destination is Christ-like. We come in a lost sinner. We come in lost and undone without God or His Son. We come in not knowing anything, not loving God, not loving man, not even loving ourselves. God transforms us. God saves us. God forgives us. He redeems us. He regenerates us. He, He puts a new song in our mouth, and He wants us to be like Christ. So we start this road. We start this process of becoming Christ, of becoming christ like well you can't be christ-like without loving everybody you can't do it it's impossible you cannot be christ-like without loving everybody without loving your enemy without loving those that are different than you without loving that one that's just uh, uh, say amen Richard, what are you saying? God is saying this. It's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to mature and start developing spiritual maturity uh, instead of avoiding an issue, avoiding a problem, avoiding the people we don't like, avoiding the people that are different from us, avoiding and just starting to hang around people that are just like us or starting to get any clicks. We need to start developing an affection and a love for people who to you are unlovable. I begin to read this chapter. I begin to read this chapter. And, and the word neighbor kept coming up. The word neighbor kept coming up. He asked, this lawyer asked Jesus and said, uh, well, what, you know, what, what am I supposed to do to be what I'm supposed to be? He said, well, what's the law say? Well, the law says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. That's not hard to do because God's done a lot for us. Are y'all with me? It's not hard to love God. Man, he died for us. He's making us a home in heaven. Listen, he he touches us and heals us and helps us and encourages us and cares for us and, 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 and he blesses us. And man, he's not hard to love. So that first part of that thing was easy. He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. Now that's an issue. How many of y'all would agree with that? but it's just as important as loving God. A lot of us want to stand and brag about how we love God. First thing in our testimony, I just want to let everybody know I love God. Well, how can you do that if you hate your neighbor? Beloved, let us love one another. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. What's that mean? If you say you love God and hate your neighbor, you're lying about loving God. Because loving God and having that essence of who God is, I mean, God is just love, and He's just going to love you no matter what you are. So, so here we are. 
He says, okay, what does the law say? He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind and, and, and love, thy, love thy neighbor as thyself. And, 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 and Jesus said, okay, we'll go do that. Well, apparently this lawyer hadn't been doing that. Apparently this lawyer found out. He realized, oh, he done got me. I know the law. I've got that down pat. I've got this religion thing happening. I got all that, but boy, that loving that neighbor, he must have heard something I said yesterday. So he is saying, he's trying to backtrack now and trying to make up and defend himself. He said, okay, all right, if I'm supposed to love my... Well, just who is my neighbor? Let's answer that question first. Number one. Number one, who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? What a question. Is it the one I like? Is it the one I sit beside? Is it Well, let's, let's define it. The word neighbor. Let's just look at the word neighbor first and look at the definition. The definition to the word neighbor is the, is the Greek word plesion, P-L-E-S-I-O-N, which means near, which means near, close by. So in order to find out who our neighbor is, A, it is one who is, one who is near. The Bible says Proverbs 27.10. Proverbs 27.10 Thine own friend and thy father's friend forsake not. Now watch this. Neither go into thy brother's house in the day of thy calamity for better is a neighbor that is than a brother that's afar off. What's that mean? I've got a brother in South Florida. He would kill you for me. He would hurt somebody if he thought they was messing with me. I mean, he'd just do it. He just, there ain't no doubt about it. He loves me and I love him. I miss him and I think he misses me. I hope so. I said, I was looking at his picture from the, from the birthday party yesterday and start crying. I'm, man, I miss him. I school many of them's up here now and, and, uh, and, and I want them all up here. But anyhow, that's God and all that. And, but, but he would do anything for me. And I'd do anything for him. My sister's the same way. She'd do anything for me, I'd do anything for her. But the point is, is my neighbor, when that storm come through, who said, Malcolm, you and the girls need to come over here. That storm's coming, that tornado's coming, you need to get in my basement. It's our neighbor, Miss Clara. Malcolm? Yes, ma'am. You know what? She was of more benefit to me than Joe was. Even though Joe loves me, even Joe cares for me, Joe would hurt somebody for me, she was of more benefit to me because she was... What are you getting at? Sometimes the best friends we've ever had in our life we're overlooking because they're too close to us. We're waiting for somebody to go find somebody that's just like us, that acts just like us, maybe in the same tax bracket as us, or maybe acts the same way, when God is saying, hey, don't overlook your neighbor. Don't overlook those that are near. Well, the one that's near to me, I don't like. I got a neighbor that messed with me about my dogs. And I tell you what, I didn't really appreciate it. But you know what? God wants me to love that cat. He wants me to care for him. He said he's more, listen, he's near. He's there. We have this situation. We have this situation in church. We try to find people and we'll look them out. But you know what God is saying? Quit doing that. Just stop where you're at. Turn around and greet your neighbor where you are. Love that one that's right beside you. I'm preaching. Amen. 
Listen, I told you we we're going to have to grow up because I, I, I've, I've, I've seen this, I've seen this, 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 this message and, and this teaching, and man, I got under conviction. He says in Matthew 5, watch this. Boy, this is something. Matthew 5, 43. Ye have heard that it has been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that which despitefully use you and persecute you. That ye be the children of your Father which is in heaven. In other words, that you take on my characteristics. How many of y'all realize you become your parents? God help us. I pulled in my dad's yard the other day. And I said, look at Leroy. He's becoming granddad. And dad said, that's okay. You're right behind me. (laughs) He said, love your enemy so you can be like me. That's what he's saying. Look what it says. That ye may be the children of your father which is in heaven. Now watch what God does. He maketh his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sendeth rain on the just as well as the unjust. What does it mean? God creates, or he, he treats everybody equal. Oh, he, 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 ooh, he sharpens it down some more. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? Homosexuals love each other. Atheists, they, they, they love each other and they'll care for one another. He said, that ain't no big thing. That ain't no big thing. He said, but, watch this. And if ye salute your brethren only, your brethren only, salute means to take into arms. When Brother Johnny sees me and I see Brother Johnny, we'll lose you, shake hands and have the, the manly hug. One pat, that's all. Manly hug, one pat. Boom, that's it. Done. Say amen, men. And he says, if you do that with people that you love, that you have a relationship with, he said, it's no big thing. Watch. He says, what reward have ye? What do ye more than others? He said, sinners do that. People who don't even know God do that. Do not even the publicans so. Watch this. Be ye therefore perfect. The word perfect means complete, mature. Even, watch this, even as your... <laughs> my, my. We come and get saved. God's destination for us is what? Eventually. Christ like or being like our Father. The word perfect is complete. What are you saying? Until you learn to love that one you don't like. not Christ-like. You can brag all you want to. You can praise all you want to. You can raise your hand all you want to. But you're not where God wants you to be. By the way, well, I don't care. It don't matter to me. Well, you better care. Because God's going to keep putting you around them type people. I don't like being around them. Well, you better start liking them and loving them because that's why you're around them because God knows you don't like them so He's going to put you around them tell you love them like He does. I need a witness. Amen. Amen. 
Amen, amen. Look, James 2, verse 8. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin, and are convinced of the law as respect to persons. Do you have that definition? you have that definition? If you can put that up, respect to persons. Watch what this means. Read it with me. Now let me, let me clarify something. There's folks I like hanging out with. I've got certain ones I like hanging out with because they're positive. They affect me and I affect them. That's not what this is talking about. What this is talking about is this. If I treat one person different than I treat the other person. Showing partiality. Y'all with me? If I go out of my way and break my neck to shake this person's hand over here and I go out of my way to avoid to shake this person's hand over here, that's sin. I told y'all I'm under conviction too. I'm learning stuff myself on this deal. And I'm working on it. But God is saying we've got to work on this deal. We've got to work on this. We've got to learn to connect with others. We've got to learn to connect with them people that's not just like us because that's Christ-like. Anybody can love and, 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 and connect with those they like and those that are just like them. Man, I can go to Brother, brother, brother Barry and Brother O'Neill and different ones. Man, that's, that's, God's saying, hey, you're not doing nothing. Sinners do that. What about going to your enemy? The one that's despising you and treating you bad and you loving them. Then you are being Christ-like. You know what he's saying? You need to find somebody out here that's not in a group. There's people all in this building. When this building's full, there's people that these hang out together, these hang out together, these hang out together, these hang But then there's those certain ones that's just out there. And they love you more than you love them. And they need somebody. You know what God is saying? If we're Christ-like, we'll go into group link and we'll try to find them. We'll find those that don't have nobody. We'll find those that are just, y'all know what I'm saying. Don't look at me that way. You know what I'm saying. And I'll give you this challenge. I promise you this. If you go into a group and you are a total stranger with nine other total strangers, in four weeks we will not be able to pry you apart. You know why? Because you're doing something that's Christ-like. You're taking a challenge. You're doing something, and I promise you this, God will bless you for it. How do I do that? How do I do that? Let me give you something practical. In Bible study, Wednesday night, God showed me something. God showed me something. In in Philippians chapter number 3, don't turn there, I just want to share it with you, and then we're going to go on. But the Bible says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. You remember? Right before that, it says that we should be of lowliness of mind. In other words, humble. Humble. We should think more of others than we do ourselves. We should consider more of others than we do ourselves. In other words, we should hold each other up in higher esteem than we do ourselves. How many of you... Now, if you lie, if you lie, you're going to get indigestion. Uh, you're going to have a flat tire. And uh, in the rain, say amen. How many of you would be honest with your preaching? I got both my hands up because I don't want a flat tire or indigestion because I'm going to just be honest with y'all. 
There are some folks it's just hard to deal with. Raise your hand. I don't know about it, but I'm not going to have a flat tire. Amen. <laughs> how do we do that? I asked that question. I said, God, how, how do I deal with that person? You know him. Lord, I doubt you like him. You made him. You know how he is. How do I, how do, I do that? How do I like that person? How do I, how do I, how do I grow? to be able to love that person. And this is what God told me. He said, look, the first part of that is feelings. Feelings. In other words, you should feel higher of that person than you do your own self. Now, how do you do that? Your feelings for somebody else will be determined. Now, watch this. Watch this. I need everybody's attention because you don't miss this. If you miss this, you miss the whole thing. Your feelings for somebody else, and you've got to understand this because your feelings will determine how you treat them. If you like them, you'll treat them good. If you don't like them, well, you know the rest. And your feelings will determine how you treat that person. But how do you, how do you have the right feelings for that person? Because you say, Feel, I can't control my feelings. Yeah, you can. How do you do that? This is what God said. I'm telling you, this was a revelation. It come down from heaven. Say amen. He said, your feelings for somebody else will be determined by how you view yourself. I thought, hmm. For instance, for instance, Naomi Campbell, supermodel. Naomi Campbell treats people like dirt. Trash, been arrested because she's got an attitude. What she needs is a whooping. Old-fashioned, take behind the shed, deal with it, say amen. She needs one of them Olympic wrestlers, women Olympic wrestlers, to put her in the figure four. Say amen. She's got an attitude. You know why? Because she thinks too highly of herself. She thinks she's here and you're down here. All uh, Britney Spears, Paris Hilton, all them. And, and there's, there's Hollywood men think the same thing. You know why? And it's amazing. That whole world is nothing but imaginary. Isn't that crazy? Yet they think they're here. And, and that's why they treat people the way they do. Well, give me some Bible for that. Okay, Jesus said two men went to the temple. One a Pharisee. One a publican. Publican was a sinner. Uh, in other words, a publican was one who was a sinner and knew he was a sinner. Are y'all with me? Because the Bible classified them publicans and then those that were ignorant. Those that were ignorant didn't realize that a publican was one, hey, I'm a sinner, I'm just, I am what I, all right? Pharisee went in the temple and said, God, I thank thee that I'm not an extortioner and I'm not this and I'm not that. And more importantly, I'm glad I'm not like him. But the publican, the Bible says he wouldn't even lift, lift his head. He, wouldn't even, he didn't even feel worthy to look up. He just said, said, Father, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said, who do you think went home justified? He said, he that exalted himself shall be abased, but he that humbled himself shall be exalted. You know what that is saying? If you look too highly of yourself, you're going to have wrong feelings for others, and if you have wrong feelings for others, you're going to treat them bad. 
What kind of feelings do I need to have of me? That you're a low-down sinner who had the grace of God shown to you, who deserved to be in hell, but God in His love and His mercy and His forgiveness came into your life, took you out of where you are, made you a home in heaven, and son, you're real lucky about that. You are blessed beyond measure because God who should have killed you, He has healed you, He has redeemed you, He has changed you. Say amen, somebody. That's how you ought to feel. So that when you see that drunk on the street, you said, if it wasn't for the grace of God, that's where I'd be. Let me see what I can do to help this man. Paul said, if it wasn't for the grace of God, there would I be. Boy, that's the attitude we need. So who is my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? One who is near. But what if they're an enemy? They're still your neighbor. Who's my neighbor right now? You got something? Why? Because he is. What now? Brother Kenneth right here? Who's my neighbor now? Why? He's near. Brother Bates is over here. Who's my neighbor now? So when I'm here, I need to love this one, and that one, and that one. But what if they're not like me? It don't matter. They're your neighbor. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to love them whether they're or not. Bless God. My neighbor. A, one who is B. My neighbor is one who's needy. One who is needy. Put that verse on, on there for me, Brother Barnes, underneath that. Watch this here. Is it the one in, I believe it's the one in James. What doth it profit, my brethren? Though a man say he have faith and have not works, can faith save him? In other words, can my faith help somebody else? And I'll, I'll prove this. If a brother or sister be naked, destitute of daily food, in other words, he don't have enough clothing, he don't have enough clothing to stay warm, he doesn't have enough food, and, and I do this. Verse number, look at the next verse. And one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled. Bless you, God bless you. Notwithstanding, you, you, you give him not the things which are needful to the body. What good is it? What good is it? Did, did my faith save him? No. It's when my faith is activated. When I see that need, I see that need. My brother has a need. His tractor is stuck. I get my truck, go get a chain, go in and help him pull him out. What am I doing? He's a neighbor. Why? Because he's in need. The one that was the other day up in Decatur when I was up there and he was walking down the road, seen the van on the side of the road, seen him carrying a can. That's a bad sign. Say amen. Stopped by, picked him up, went to the gas station, brought him back. Listen, he tried to pull out his wife. No, man, I may be there one day. You know why he was a neighbor at that moment? Because he had a... It's not about avoiding it. The Levite came by, the priest came by, and they saw the need and ignored it. The priest come by and looked back and said, well, the Levite will handle this. The Levite got up there and said, well, it wasn't enough for the priest. I don't need to worry about it. Let me, let, me, let me read something. Let me read something. I, 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 
at about 3.20 a.m. on March 13, 1964. Kitty Genovis, a 28-year-old manager of a bar in Queens, New York, drove home to her neighborhood. Parked her car in a lot adjacent to her apartment building and began to walk the 30 yards through the lot to her door. Noticing a man at the far end of the lot, she paused. When, she started, when he started toward her, she turned the other way and tried to reach a police call box about a half a block away. The man caught her and stabbed her. She started screaming that she had been stabbed and crying out for help. Lights went on in an apartment building across the street. Windows opened and one man hollered, Let that girl alone. The attacker heard it and walked away. Windows closed and the lights went out. So he came back and attacked her again. This time he screamed. she screamed, I'm dying, I'm dying. This time more windows opened and more lights went on. The attacker went to his car and drove off. Miss Kitty drove, uh, uh, to, went and crawled along the street to her apartment building. Somehow she managed to drag herself inside. But he came back the third time. Found her on the floor at the foot of her stairs. Molested her and killed her. During this those three separate attacks, over the course of 35 minutes, not one of Kitty's neighbors tried to help. Some say there were 38 there that seen and heard and was aware of what was happening. That's been disputed, but either way. After the third attack, someone called the police who arrived there in two minutes. In two minutes. But it was too late. Residents who were later interviewed were asked why did they, why they did nothing to help. And they simply said, I didn't want to get involved. When we see a need, now, now right now there's something boiling inside of you. Right now there's anger that's there. How could they do nothing? Yet when we've seen needs and walked on by, we haven't been any better. A neighbor is one who is near. A neighbor is one who is needy. Then let's, let's look at Christ and we'll be done. The lawyer said, who is my neighbor? I believe we've answered that. But Christ said, who was a neighbor? Who was a neighbor? It wasn't the priest. It wasn't the Levite. Let's see who was a neighbor. And what about him do we need to know? A, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. I want you to see the failure of the religious. And leave those points up as long as possible. Some of our young people have had trying to write it fast, and so let's make sure they get it. And, and if you did, uh, young people, preachers, partners, pals, if you didn't get it all, come see me after the service, and I'll fill it out for you, okay? So I want you to, I want you to make sure and get it, and uh, so don't, don't, don't fret if you didn't get it all. I'll help you do that, okay? The failure of the religious. The priest and the Levite, the priesthood came out of the tribe of Levi, so that represented the religious crowd. Why did, it, why did they fail? Why did they fail? I wrote this underneath that point. I wrote this underneath that point, and now I want you to get this, and I want you to memorize it. If my belief, say that with me, does not affect my behavior, I'm only religious. If what I believe does not affect how I behave, I'm just a religious. There are millions and millions of religious people. They go through religious services. 
They hold religious meetings. But they go out the door the same way they came in. Now here's what God's wanting us to do here at Temple. And I know you don't like it, and, and nobody being weaned likes it. No child being weaned likes it. They don't like missing their sippy cup, their pacifier. They don't like giving all that stuff up. They don't like quit sucking their thumb. They don't like that stuff, and I understand that. But sooner or later, we've got to grow up. Sooner or later, when we come in here and sing about Jesus, we sing about amazing grace, and we sing our whole how I love Jesus and, and all this stuff, and that is our belief, and we believe that, it needs to start affecting our behavior. And if we say we love one another, if we say we love Christ, then we need to start acting that way. We need to start behaving that way. These men served in the temple. These men had religion down pat. These men knew the law frontwards and backwards, but their belief did not affect their behavior. And we don't need more people with beliefs. This world does not need more people who have convictions and have beliefs. We've got that coming out of our ears. Everybody believes something. What this world needs is salt and light. People that come in here and get a belief and go out there and live a belief. And start making a difference. Start making a change. Start being Christ-like. I'm telling you, if we would do that, if we would practice that, we'd turn this community upside down. Hallelujah. But they failed because their belief did not affect their... Oh, don't get mad. Don't get mad. I'm not mad at you. I hope it don't sound like I'm mad at you. I'm compassionate, or excuse me, passionate about what I'm preaching about. There's a big difference. I'm serious. This is important. Because if your belief doesn't affect your behavior, you're wasting your time. Let's see number, or letter B. We see, what was A? Say it with me. Do y'all see that? Did y'all see that? Where did it fail? Then B, say it with me. We see the... Now, I want to be known as righteous, not religious. How many of y'all are with me on that? I want to be known as righteous. I want to be known as godly, Christ-like. Now, if I'm going to be that, I I need to focus on some things. And and I want you to write these three things down real quick. Then we're going to pray. Number one, I want you to see this. I want you to see his sympathy. His sympathy. The Bible says when he came to where he was, he saw him. Was that Christ-like? Yeah, because the Bible says when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on him. We got a lot of people with feelings. It just ain't translating to their feet. How many times have we seen, and I'm not, I'm not trying to put no pressure on this, but how many times have we seen them little starving children? And he just ain't do us turn the channel. Now, now we see that and we'll be moved, we'll feel. But that's not the kind of compassion Jesus had. The kind of compassion that Jesus had, listen, was what he felt went to his feet and he did something about what he felt. Does that make, you understand that? Well, this is exactly, you remember, what, are we, what is our destination? To become disciples, which is Christ, Christ-like. Well, isn't this exactly what Christ did? He saw a need and felt compassion? Watch what the definition of of sympathy is. 
The definition, let me, let me read it. I've got it written down right here. The word sympathy. It means a feeling for or a capacity for sharing in the interests of another. You know what I need? A whole church full of people who's willing to share in the interests of a stranger. That's all small groups are. People getting together and saying, look, this is what happened to me in my life this week. This is the problems I've struggled with this week. It is sharing your life with them. And them sharing their life with you. Why? Because there's way too many lone rangers on the battlefield that are getting picked off one by one. God gave you a family for a purpose. Because we need each other to live this life. We need each other to be a Christian. We need each other to fulfill God's command in our life. And you need to have the attitude that you're willing to be involved with somebody else. We cannot be like those 38 neighbors that would not get involved in Kitty's life. That is a real situation. You can go look it up on the internet. I saw a picture of her. Well, we don't need that to happen at Temple. Listen, we see his sympathy feeling his compassion for this need then B number two we see his service his feelings went to his feet he felt it then he did something about it he got down and started binding up his wounds I don't know if he was stabbed I don't know if he was cut. I don't know if he's just beat to a pulp, but it said he poured in, so I'm thinking there's an open wound. He began to bind him up and pour in oil and wine. He began to meet the need. He began to meet the need. Your service may be putting on a roof for somebody. Your service may be just there praying for somebody. Your service may be there holding somebody's hand while their loved one goes through surgery. Your service may... Are y'all with me? I know I'm going long, but I, 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 I got one shot at this deal. Your service may be just being there at the funeral when their loved one's going in the ground. But that's loving your neighbor. We see his sympathy, his service, but then three, his sacrifice. Now please don't miss this. Please don't miss this. This man... One reason the priest and the Levite may have got on out of there. Because this man may have been bait. Brother Johnny, those thieves may have left this man here in that way and are hiding so that when somebody tries to stop and help him, boom, they're going to rob them too. Preacher, what are you saying? This Samaritan took great risk. Say that with me. He took great to be a neighbor. Now here's what some of us are thinking. I don't want to open up to nobody else. I don't want to risk rejection. I don't want to share my feelings. I don't want to take a risk in trying to be in a group with people I don't know. Well, I tell you what. Guarantee you this, that man who was in that ditch was so proud that Samaritan took a risk. When I said last Sunday to those folks I was praying with, 
I, I, I took a risk and I opened up. I said this in Sunday school, but I took a risk and I opened up and shared something that I had problems with. Bo, I, I, said, I said, man, I, I've been having anxiety, getting real nervous about things. Somebody was in that room that was having the same problem. They began to cry. And when I opened up and I took a risk, it helped them. It helped them. Now, I'm asking you to do this. I'm asking you on September the 13th, I'm asking you to practice what we're preaching. I'm asking you to take a risk and love a neighbor. You may not know them. You may not like them. But Jesus said that's the very ones we need to love. What are you asking me to do, preacher? Well... I'm just simply asking you to take a risk. Sacrifice. Well, I don't want to use my house to, I, you know, huh. I, uh, I was sitting there yesterday in that conference, and there was a missionary from the Slavic regions over in, in the bottom part of Russia, and they went and stayed in a man's house. It was 30 degrees below zero outside. And this man, he built a place to live in an old potato barn, an old potato shed. How many of y'all have ever smelled rotten potatoes? He said, I went in this room, just a one-room deal, slept on the floor. He said, it smelled so bad, I could not get to smell. You know how when something smells so bad, you taste it? He said, man, I tried to drink water. I tried to do it. I had that, 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 that smell. It was all, and, 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 but this is all this man had. He said when he got, to, got ready to leave the next day, he was thanking the man for the hospitality. And he said, oh, brother, oh, brother, I'm, I pray for you in America. I pray for you in America. See, it's storming outside. Don't get in no hurry. You just had to go out in the rain, so it'll be all right. I pray for you in America. He said, what are you praying for us? We need to come over here and help you. He said, oh, brother, oh, brother. He said, America has much. Is this not what he said? He said, it's harder for you to sacrifice for others than it is us because we don't have anything. It's harder for you to pursue God it's harder for you to follow God because you got everything else. So we pray for you. Man, I begin to weep. I sat there and I thought about how spoiled we are. We have everything going on. We with kids, and I, I'm the same way. I got ball and, 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 and things and activities and all that, and I grew up doing all that stuff. But when we are so busy, we can't love our neighbor? When our priorities are that we don't want to open our home up to have a, a group to be a blessing, we may have to clean our house? Come on! You need to do that anyhow. What if in that group that you opened your home to, they get down on their knees. And they begin to weep. 
Say, I want to get saved. Wouldn't that be worth it? What about that weak Christian that struggled and struggled and struggled because they were so weak and they didn't have any support? And they come in there and they begin to develop and grow and, and grow in grace and they become a strong Christian and maybe a, become a missionary and go to a foreign field and win thousands because you took a risk. Was willing to sacrifice and open up your home, open up your life, open up your heart to somebody else. I ask you this this morning. Who was a neighbor? We know who, who is our neighbor. But I want to ask you, and I want you to ask yourself, have you been a neighbor? Are you going to open up at group link? Are you going to be willing to come and, and be a part of what's happening? Are you going to be willing to take a risk and be a neighbor? In the immortal words of Fred Rogers, won't you be? my neighbor. Church, say amen. Lord Jesus, help us today. Lord, this is something